everybody, it's time to roll for intent with the creator's corner. And we are back again covering the second class of the new playtest. And we have something very special for you. The first rare class that Paizo has made for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Holy what are our th- crap. Well, I know. What, what are our thoughts on this, guys? Uh, I, I think the rarity is well-deserved, and we'll get into why when we start describing how positively ludicrous main character syndrome this class is. In all the right ways, mind you, I'm not complaining about the class. I'm complaining about the type of people, including myself, that will want to play this class. (laughs) I have a feeling there will be more solid party where everyone is an exemplar than any other class, because that's going to be something absolutely people are going to want to (laughs) do. Yep, 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 yep. Canterbury Tales when, y'all? Oof, yeah. Oof. We start out like we did last time when we were talking about the uh, the iconic. This time we have a wonderful gentleman named Nahoa. He's a young human man of the Olahala people, one of the four great voyaging nations of the Okayo Ocean that spans Tianjia and Arcadia. Born on the rainy side of the and island. he's Nahoa. clearly not Maui. I just want to throw that yeah, out there. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not Maui. Not. In, in oh, no way definitely not is Maui. he Maui in, in any way whatsoever. He had to say it, this guy. <laughs> I mean, they say it in the press release that one of the it's things true. that you can play a character that's Maui or Hercules. Or Kukulin. Kukulin, yes. Born on the rainy side of the island, Nahoa grew up digging canals for his family's taro farm taking care of his younger sisters, and ensuring his village never lost the yearly stone-hurling championship. Though he wanted nothing more than an easy life, Nahol was called, called with a capital C, to exchange his digging stick for a warrior's spear when a great demon returned, as it had for decades to prey upon his home. He faced the beast high in the sky, and even as his spear pierced it, its talons dug into his flesh. Rather than succumb to the creature's venom, Nahoa claimed its power as his own, becoming a Nephilim in the process. He crashed far from the Okayo, where he would meet a Varki woman and set off on a quest across a distant inner sea, the Varki woman being Samo, the iconic animist. Once again, a beautiful Wayne Reynolds art, really digging into the details on this character tattoos the hair the the armor like the woven uh straw or jute armor that he's wearing he's got this like so disappointed you didn't go the hair the bod (laughs) (laughs) he's basically a demigod yep but totally not and and we'll i think we'll probably touch on that a little bit because demigods in in tui are a very specific thing and while these definitely have the feel of a demigod they're definitely not a demigod all right well coming out the rip the overview the exemplar as a an imbalance of the outer planes a seat of the material plane with unearthly power uh, or unearthly power somehow a fragment of divinity rests within your body granting you abilities that reach into the realm previously reserved for heroes and legends so you'll see that theme revolve around the entire class this divine spark um, their key ability is strength or dexterity, and their hit points are 10, plus your constitution modifier. Uh, again, on the initial, right above initial proficiencies, rare, and for good reason. Uh, train in perception, expert in both fortitude and will, train in reflex, train in religion, uh, number of additional skills equal to 2, plus your intelligence modifier, train in simple, martial, and unarmed. Defenses. This is one of the few, I think the only 10 hit die uh, class? No, that's not true. Uh, Swashbuckler, same way. Uh, but they're only trained in light armor and unarmored defense. At first, I was a little taken aback by it, but they, I don't think they need it. All right, who wants to talk about the divine spark and icons? This stuff is so cool, man. So oh, cool. man, I, I love this thing. And icons is spelled with a K uh, because that's cool with a K as well. <laughs> Uh, within your soul is a tiny spark of divine power that belongs to a day, de- not to a deity, but something all your own. You can manifest the divine power through special items known as icons, which are intrinsically linked to you. Sacred vessels crystallized from your divinity that are capable of legendary feats in your hands. You got body icons 
and they're a mark on your body, something about you as a person that shows you as more than just a mortal. Worn icons are sacred clothing um, or, or some sort of equipment that you're wearing. And weapon icons are the active artifacts that let you make your mark on the world. Uh, you choose three icons at level one, one from each type. Um, and your body takes on the qualities of your chosen body icon. You gain a non-magical level zero item to satisfy the requirements for the worn icon and the weapon icon. This is one of those really cool things that you can work with your GM since, again, this is a rare class and requires buy-in from your GM for any of this to make sense logically, because this truly is a class that feels like they're starting at level five, honestly. So the spark isn't just something cool that they talk about. The spark is an the spark provides a lot of the complexity of the class. The spark is a mechanical thing that you can shift between your various icons to uh, trigger their imminence or allow them to use something called their transcendence. It takes an action, and you can do it once per round. You can shift imminence from one icon to another or from yourself into an icon. When an icon holds your spark, when it has the imminence in it, it has effects passively. Also, whenever you roll for initiative, you can auto-shift imminence as a free action, triggered by when you roll initiative. And I want to really hone in on this because... There are feats that you can get in the game that are triggered by rolling initiative. A free action can only happen once per trigger. So you cannot shift imminence and do something else that would be triggered by your rolling of initiative. And a lot of people forget that. Mm -hmm. When your spark dwells within an icon, you're able to channel your divinity through the icon using a transcendence ability. And you can do them once per round. But whenever you spark the transcendence, when you're actually empowering the weapon with your spark, the spark cannot stay there. It then goes to another icon uh, of your choice. But that's where the complexity of this class goes into. What are you going to shuffle your spark into? You can't keep moving your spark into your weapon every round because it takes an action to shift the spark back in, two actions to strike. What if you have to move? You're out of luck. This is definitely, while it, while it sounds like a run up and beat the crap out of stuff class, this is definitely a I need to think about my next move class, especially with it being fairly squishy. And I think we'll get into that pretty soon. Yeah, this is definitely a class you're not going to be really worried about your map. <laughs> because you're rarely going to be making right. a second attack. No, nope. <laughs> not really. Yeah, nope. Um, they also have something called humble strikes. Uh, Love it, which is great. When you're wielding a simple weapon, you increase the damage die size of the weapon by one step. It's kind of like the whole: if you're a champion or a cleric and you have your simple weapon of your god, you get the extra die. That's a fun one. Yo, where are my clerics of Nethys at? Staff D10, let's go. Woo, boy, that's a fun one. <laughs> uh, they get their second level is when they get their exemplar feats, since this is kind of a pseudo uh, spellcasting martial class uh, that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, skill feat is at second and every two levels thereafter, just like everything else. Uh, general feats, again, third level and every fourth level. When you hit third level, this is where we get back to the naming is just so on point with these new uh, classes. You gain a, a root epithet. So cool. Why don't you talk about these, uh, uh, Liam? These root epithets are so fun. Uh, what I love about these is uh, that these are... Don't look at these as class features. Look at these as... Uh, I want my character to build in, like, I want this to be a part of his story uh, or, you know, or the character's story. Uh, so like brave, as an example, your deeds show fearlessness. 
Uh, when a beast surfaces, you're there to fight. When someone's lost in the dark, you're there for the rescue. You become trained in athletics after your spark trans after you spark transcendence in your body icon. Your body body carries you forward, allowing you to stride up to half of your speed in a straight line towards one enemy of your choice. So um, there are, there's like cunning and mournful uh, and radiant. Uh, essentially, they they uh, the epithets. Um, are used when you spark your transcendence. So again, if there wasn't enough to track with sparking your transcendence and moving it to a different icon, now you have to remember if it also procs an epithet as well. Um, but again, it, it's all going to be based on like this theme you have for your character. So if you have this character who is always ready to charge headfirst into battle, you're probably going to go with something like Brave, where if you're um, if you're trying to um, like like mournful to be a hero is to endure countless hardships and stand where others have fallen, shouldering dreams and destinies in their stead. Through this, uh, though this may weigh, weight may reach your eyes, you bear the burden so that uh, those under you can live smiling. You become trained in diplomacy. When you spark transcendence with your body icon, this act has a bittersweet poignancy to it, making one enemy within thirty feet dazzled. As tears of uh, or memories dance in their eyes, this is a mental and emotional effect. The enemy remains dazzled until the spark of their next turn. Apparently, you're just yeah, like it's it's just some wild stuff. Um, I like how it's such a story-driven thing too, because these epithets yes. are meant to just attach to your name. So, like the the iconic is brave Nahoa. So when you mm-hmm. introduce your character, you know. I would almost feel like this is a fantastic thing for like the tall tale background. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I am now known as, you know, brave as Mordrin, cunning as Mordrin or radiant as Mordrin. And these epithets build upon each other so that you eventually become, you know, brave as Mordrin doer of this thinger of that. Right. And it's, it's super neat how those build and it really gives me so much hope for the design space for this class. Not only first party, but I cannot wait to start seeing things on Pathfinder Infinite for epithets just for this class. Mm-hmm. So after that, we have our standard skill increases, ability boosts, ancestry feats, all at their normal levels. Here's where we get something we've never seen before. Instead of weapon specialization, they get an ability called spirit striking. It it fundamentally does the same thing, except the additional damage is spirit damage. But this is fifth level. Your power can't be contained, escaping in sparks and embers through your weapons as you wreak violence. You deal two additional spirit damage with weapons and unarmed attacks in which you are an expert. The damage increases to three if you're a master, four if you're legendary. So this is effectively weapon specialization at fifth level. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and the class the class itself has a bunch of additional spirit damage from other things as well. So and yeah, I actually love this reversal. Like spirit damage, honestly, went from you know it was you, that what it came from is this damage that like oh most of the time it didn't even work to because it's sort of based on alignment damage to now it's actually one of the strongest damage types in the game so (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. a crazy cool switch and i absolutely love spirit damage uh weapon expertise at fifth level uh standard for marshals pretty much uh now we get our dominion epithet uh, at seventh level and this is a epithet that basically is going to attach to your weapons. And as we level up, you're going to get an epithet for your body. You're going to get uh, an epithet for your worn equipment. But here we get, uh, again, a, a choice between one of four different options. Uh, we have Born of Bones and Earth, your dominion over stone and soil, the Colosseums of creation and the pillars holding up the stage of history's great legends, you gain the hefty holler feat. You can choose any spirit damage dealt by your exemplar abilities to instead manifest as levitating segments of stone and bone, changing the damage type to bludgeoning and replacing that spirit trait with the earth trait. Your weapon icon gains the following abilities. And this is why this class is rare. Your 
eminence abilities like those are constantly shifting like you have to keep track because some of the feats grant you skills they grant you you know all of these things but they can go away in an instant because you know you've used transcend and you've done all these things so there is this massive amount of bookkeeping that you have to be very up on because you're going to be like oh no i can reduce that damage like no you just you're Spark is in your weapon. You don't get that right now. So there is a lot to track of, a lot to mm-hmm. keep track of. So this is what the rare tag is all about. Is like your DM can be like, you know, this is a, a bit much for you to handle right now. Let's get your feet wet. It's something else and <laughs> you know, yeah. jump into this. Yeah, especially with a lot of uh, tables uh, starting with free archetype. I couldn't imagine giving a new player oh, an yeah. exemplar oh, no. with a free oh, no. archetype. <laughs> oh, my they God. Would be, they were just like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah, like, I, I don't like this game. <laughs> this, game is, this game is hard. This turns it into role master, guys. It just turns it straight yeah. into role master. Do you need a PhD to play this game? Yeah. What's going on? I love the fact that these eminences they stack on top of each other. So if you have well, yeah, so that's cool. that tricky so part. Cool. Yeah, they your eminence doing. list by the time your twentieth level is going to be like half a page. It's like it's like three. It'll be three or four eminences per icon by the time you're like level 17 it's so crazy it's so crazy all right so the eminence of born of the bones of the earth let's see when you critically succeed on a strike and the target of the critical hit is standing on a surface of earth or stone it is driven down and mired into the ground the target is immobilized and must succeed at an escape attempt against your class dc to end the immobilization the creature doesn't become stuck if it's incorporeal is liquid like a water elemental or some oozes or could otherwise escape without effort so yes Fucking, this is the classic I, can't say that. I hit you so hard i drive you into the ground <laughs> drive you into the ground just yeah this straight up pile driver man it's awesome he is her and transcend is wound the world again on point with the naming good job two actions your weapon pierces the ground below you and opens a jagged rift in a 60 foot line all squares the line passes through permanently become difficult terrain or greater difficult terrain if they were already difficult terrain each creature standing in the affected square at the time of this effect must succeed at a reflex save against your class dc or fall prone Creatures that fall prone take 2d6 bludgeoning damage from the rolling earth. This damage increases to 4d6 at 12th level, 66 at 17th level. So, very cool. Classic anime slash the ground oh, yeah. thing. Classic. And, <laughs> yeah, Pathfinder's kind of really been going the anime route the for anime a while. Route, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Restless as the tide, your dominion over the ocean, the great source of... And ultimate taker of lives. You gain the underwater marauder feat. You can choose for any spirit damage dealt by your exemplar abilities to instead manifest as surging streams of water, changing the damage type to bludgeoning and replacing the spirit trait with the water trait. Your weapon icon gains the following abilities. Eminence ability. When you critically succeed on a strike, you deal splash damage equal to the number of weapon damage dice to all creatures within 10 feet. The splash damage is bludgeoning and has the water trait. Transcend seize calm to action. A roaring whirlpool swirls around you, gathering your enemies together, and you receive to receive your divine punishment. All enemies within 60 feet must succeed a fortitude save against your class DC or be swept up to 15 feet to another location of your choice within the affected area and become off guard until the start of your next turn. This effect is force movement. You then strike one enemy within your reach. Just so disrespectful. La- last sentence. Yeah. In case you needed a strike too, you can yeah. have a strike too. <laughs> well, it's, this is this is insane. Like all enemies within sixty feet, you have the possibility to reposition them up to Wherever fifteen you feet. Want, from, by the way, well, from, up to fifteen want. feet from where they were. Yeah, so not entirely want. wherever you are. Yeah, but up to fifteen feet in another location of your choice. So. But yeah, that is massive. Oh, and, and they're off guard too. You know, you know, yeah, just, just, case, just, just in case. Just until the beginning of your next turn. So if you want party to waylay on them, go right on ahead, y'all. Yeah, it's so, so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Our third one, we have Peerless Under Heaven. 
For as long as there have been gods, they have made war, and you aim to stand atop the pile when the fighting's over. You can choose from any spirit damage dealt by your exemplar abilities to instead manifest as powerful impacts, cutting slashes, or temporarily conjure physical armaments, removing the spirit trait and dealing physical damage instead. If the damage as part of the... Oh. If dealt as part of a weapon attack, this damage is of the same type as the weapon. Otherwise, it is your choice of bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing damage. Your weapon icon gains the following abilities. Eminence. Divine skill at arms guides your weapon, granting you the critical specialization effect for its weapon group. Transcend. Reap the field. This is a one-action. Requirements. Your previous action was a successful strike, and you have not yet rolled damage. Effect. Time seems to lag as you blur across the battlefield, deciding the fate of many in a moment. Do not roll damage for your strike. Stride up to half your speed and make an attack against a different foe using the same multiple attack penalty. If your second attack is successful, you deal damage to both creatures. If it is a miss, you deal damage to neither creature. So a little bit of a gamble here, but I like it. I love it. Very, very fun. I love it. It's so cool. Uh, I love this because like the, the instant transmission on the battlefield and like the gamble, the gamble is awesome. I will say it is a stride action. So um, this is an interesting one. So this thing doesn't technically have the move trait because there's not a, a trait assigned to it. I would imagine it could be interrupted because it does not say that it can't be right. Uh, well, it says time. Well, I mean, I guess that'd be up to your interpretation of time lags on the battlefield. I mean, I guess that'd be up to you. Right. And there's very, very little that interrupts the stride. Yes, it it would provoke an attack of opportunity or reactive strike. Reactive strike. But other than that, reactive strikes don't stop movement unless there are fighter feats that allow that. But on by themselves, they don't do anything to movement. So it's it's a highly specialized Mm -hmm. situation you're talking about. And lastly, in this category, whose cry is thunder? The sky overhead is yours to command as lightning strikes your soul. Any bonus to saving throws you gain from an exemplar ability also applies if against effects with the electricity trait. And any resistance applies to electricity damage. You can choose for any spirit damage dealt by your exemplar abilities to instead manifest as crackling, crackling lightning, changing the damage type to electricity, and replacing the spirit trait with the electricity trait. Your weapon icon gains the following abilities. Eminence. When you critically succeed at a strike, lightning strikes a target within 30 feet for 46 electrical damage. Base reflex. This damage increases to 76 at 12th level and 106 at 17. Transcend. Judgment from clear skies. Two action. As you fire or hurl your weapon, it becomes a line of booming lightning. Make a range strike with your icon against a creature within your weapon's first range increment or 30 feet, whichever is further. If the strike is successful, the target and each creature within 15 feet of it must succeed at a, board, uh, must succeed at a basic fortitude save against your class DC or take 1d6 electrical damage and 1d6 sonic damage from the mighty thunderclap of the weapon's impact. This damage increases to 2d6 electrical and 2d6 sonic if you are 12th level and 3d6 for both if you are 17th. The icon returns to your hand. This is a freaking cool ability. Like, you can throw your melee weapon, no matter what it is, up no to 30 feet. Yeah, out Thor's to 30 hammer. feet. It's a yep. Thor's hammer situation. <laughs> so crazy. We hit level 7. We get resolve. So your proficiency rank for will saves is up to master. And when you roll a success in a will, you get a crit success instead. Ninth is alertness. We get our proficiency rank for perception up to expert. Ninth, we also get Divine Premonition, which increases our reflex saves to Expert, and Godly Expertise, uh, which gives your proficiency rank for your Exemplar class DC to Expert. And if you have Domain Spells, which are granted via a feat, a really cool feat at that, your proficiency rank for spell attacks and spell DCs increases to Expert. At 13th level, your skill with weapons is Divinely Inspired. Your proficiency ranks for simple... Martial and unarmed attacks increases to master. 13th level, we get greater resolve where your will goes up to legendary. When you roll success on a will, you get a crit success. When you roll a critical failure on a will, you get a failure. When you fail a will save against a damaging effect, you only take half damage. Uh, 13th, you also get light armor expertise. Uh, 15th level, greater spirit striking that increases the additional damage from spirit striking to four. 
um, when you're an expert, six if you're a master, and eight if you're legendary on those attacks. 15th level, we get Juggernaut, so increase your fortitude saves to master. And when you roll a success on a fort save, you get a crit instead. And on 15th level, we get the final epithet, the sovereignty epithet, which is the history of your deeds. Once again, we have a class feature that follows from storytelling, that is influenced by storytelling, that can influence the storytelling. Because again, as you add these epithets, that's technically the name of your character changing within the world as their deeds become deeds of renown. The first one we get is Teacher of Heroes. Those who make great names for themselves as heroes are called upon to train those who follow them. And such is your destiny to be, rem- to be remembered through your progeny. Uh, the aura granted by your worn icon, these are all assigned to your worn icon. Increases to 30 feet. Whenever you fail or deal no damage to a strike against an enemy within your worn icon's aura, you can attempt a recall knowledge check against that target and instantly transmit that knowledge you gain as a result to every ally within the aura. First piece of knowledge you get when recalling knowledge in this way is always the enemy's immunities, if any, or greatest resistance if they do not have any immunities. If the target doesn't have any immunities or resistances, you instead learn the greatest weakness. If they have no immunities, resistance, or weaknesses, you learn what their lowest saving throw is. Look at that. Codification of recall knowledge. How about them apples? Yeah, I kind of feel like this might actually be in core rules. Maybe. That that could be handy. (laughs) The transcend ability is called Complete the Hero's Journey. You declare an enemy within the area of your worn icon's aura to be a heroic test. As long as that enemy remains within your worn icon's aura, it deals an additional 10 spirit damage to you with each successful strike or spell it targets you with. Whenever it deals spirit damage to you, each ally in the aura can attempt a reactive strike against it. Even if they do not normally have that reaction. If an ally within your aura successfully slays the enemy with a reactive strike, they immediately gain temporary hit points equal to their level which persist for one minute. The bully beatdown effect is here, Mm -hmm. and I love it. We have the last ruler as another epithet. Whether your destiny is a monarch or a god, the spirit of all true rulers that have ever been or shall ever be suffuses your power and dominion, granting you an unrivaled commanding presence. Eminence, the aura granted by your worn icon increases to 30 feet. Look, it's a trend. Whenever an enemy within the aura fails an attack roll against you, you can attempt an intimidation check to demoralize them as a free action as you rebuke them for their foolish attempt to stand before you. It's like the tyrant reaction, but cooler and more (laughs) disrespectful. Transcendence kneel before greatness. Two actions, you demand the fealty that is your rightful due. All enemies within your ward icon's aura must succeed at a will save against your class DC or immediately kneel, dropping prone as a free action. Enemies who critically fail of their save at this effect also take spirit damage equal to twice your level. So this is a level 15. They will automatically take 30 damage if they crit fail that save and they go prone. Such Mm-mm-mm. disrespect, and I love it. The final epithet is Thief of Moonlight. And this is really, really cool. This is probably my favorite one, just because it's neat. Your deeds are spoken of in whispers and half-believed rumors. You walk unseen, hiding behind stars, capable of taking anything. The lights of the heavens themselves are not safe from your avarice. Imminence, the aura granted, again, increases to 30 feet. Whenever an enemy within the aura fails an attack roll against you, you snatch a fragment of the light from their eyes, making them dazzled until the end of your next turn. Their transcendence, all that shines, belongs to me. All your base are belong to us. You become invisible for one round, then stride. Each enemy adjacent to you at any point during this movement must succeed at a fort save against your class DC or become blind for one minute. If a creature critically fails or saves against an effect, they are permanently blinded instead. For each creature blinded by this effect, the duration of the granted invisibility increases by one round. That is insane. That it's is awesome. insane. That is absolutely ludicrous. 
Imagine that with like a rogue dedication. That actually lasts multiple rounds instead of that single round, which is really cool. You can, yeah, if you you play it right and you're against some low fort things, you you could stretch out that invisibility a long time. Sadly, it's also one of the only transcend abilities that also has the incapacitation trait. <laughs> I know. This is also true. At level 17, you get Deific Mastery, which increases your class DC to Master. And if you have domain spells, your proficiency rank for spell attacks and DCs increases to Master. 17th level also gives you Vigilant Senses, which gives you Perception uh, Proficiency of Master. And at 19th, you get Mastery in Light Armor. Side note, only two levels later, you actually get spell master spell casting, which is pretty crazy. And just as a side note, as a martial character, that's pretty wild. Um, but icons. As an exemplar, you gain three icons, as we mentioned before, one that marks your body, one, the, uh, one that is your raiment, and one that is your weapon. Uh, <clears throat> your icons can be etched with runes, upgraded or otherwise modified as normal for items that of, their, of their type. If you acquire a new object of the same general type, uh, you can switch your icon with the new object by spending one day of downtime with the new icon as you saturate the object with your divine energy. You can use this process to make an existing magical item, like a cloak of illusions or searing blade, into your icon if the item is equal to your level or lower. This makes the item a divine item, removing the arcane, occult, primal, or magical trait from the item and adding the divine trait if it didn't have it already. So we'll blitz through these. The body icons. Body icons accentuate a physical trait of the exemplar's body so it cannot be stolen, disarmed, dispelled, or otherwise taken away. Look, more story stuff. Yep, it's like like story-based or something. Um, The eye-catching spot. A fetching beauty spot under your eye. Or a smile as warm as the sun distracts foes and captures their hearts alike. Oh, uh, funny, funny story. I was going over these with uh, with uh, another content creator I will not name, so they don't they don't uh, get embarrassed. Uh, they called this body icon the anime waifu body icon. You'll see why. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> imminence, your beauty becomes supernaturally enhanced, distracting foes and imposing a minus one circumstance penalty to all melee attacks made against you. And their transcendence, captivating charm. You focus your attention on a creature within 30 feet, overwhelming their senses. They must succeed at a will save against your class GC or be fascinated by you until the start of your next turn. This condition ends if you use a hostile action against the target, but not if you use a hostile action against their allies. So, uh, yeah, the joke was like, he goes, oh yeah, I wonder why, I wonder what kind of characters will be, what kind of exemplars will be made using this body icon. <laughs> so, I, I assume this one is because of the little mini replica tattoo of yourself dancing around your body that is distracting and causing people <laughs> to look at it. <laughs> what could I say except you're welcome? Next, we have gaze as sharp as steel. Your eyes glint with an almost tangible sharpness, letting, your, letting you spot the tiniest dove on the horizon or the swiftest arrow in flight. This one is super awesome. Imminence, your vision sharpens and allows you to sense an enemy's attack almost as soon as it begins, granting you a plus one status bonus to perception checks and a plus two status bonus to your AC against all ranged attacks, which is crazy. Uh, transcendence, a moment unending. You take a prediction trait. You take an, uh, in every movement around you, allowing you to react to things you normally could not. You gain the reactive strike feat until the beginning of your next turn. So another one of those one action, last for two rounds, transcendence abilities. Very good. Again, you know, if you don't have enough to keep track of. So scar of the survivor, a scar on your body commemorates a time someone tried to end your story and failed testament to your resilience and fortitude. Imminence, divine energy spreads outward from your scar, reinforcing your flesh. You gain the benefits of the diehard feat and a plus one status bonus to fortitude saving throws. Just all around great. Transcendence, no scar, but this. Your wounds knit shut with hardly a scratch. You regain 1d8 hit points at third level, and every two levels are after an additional d8. So just more healing if you needed it. 
Uh, your skin is hard as or skin hard as horn. Uh, this one, I will I will say that I'm surprised that this one there is no like you can only benefit from this every so often because technically, I mean, you can be running this every other round. Technically, every round. You can do it every because, round because yep. Because when you use this, it would force your spark into another icon, and then you can use the transfer back in the same round. Because uh, you frequency once transfer per round, is only once per round. True, it doesn't true, say true. that ability is only once per round. So you technically could be doing this. Transcendence can only happen once per round. Transcendence yeah. are also something that can only happen once per round. But yeah, you can do this yeah, literally yeah, every yes, round. Yes, but, but, but the whole point is you could be doing this every round. Absolutely, yeah. This yeah, is a really so cool That's why I'm surprised that too. there is no you know, thing that, oh, you can only benefit from this every so often. So curious yeah. to see if this stays like that. I kind of think not, but we no, will. No, I, I don't think I will either, because this is an auto-combat <clears throat> heal spam, too. Like, yep. Uh, yeah, every, every six seconds, heal your hit points. Yep. Heal, heal, heal. <laughs> skin hard as horn, tempered in your spirit. Your very skin is a suit of armor. Through uh, though a single location on your body remains unprotected, a curse and a challenge within your legend. Uh, the little Hercules. Uh, Achilles. Achilles. Uh, much. Oh, sorry, Achilles. Yes, thank you. Eminence. Um, uh, you gain resistance to bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing damage equal to half your level. You make this choice when you gain this icon. Uh, and it can't be changed thereafter. This is one of the few things that is actually like a static, unchanging thing with this class. This resistance doesn't apply against critical hits, which successfully find your unprotected spot. Again, if you if you just needed something to be a little more complicated, I have resistance to bludgeoning damage, except on a crit, right? Except I'm, I'm going to remember oh, yeah, I that. I take yeah, the full I'm damage. Remember that. Only, only the when the spark is in my body. Only when yes, the spark is in my body. Yes, only when the spark is in my body do I get. Yeah, yeah this is. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Transcend. Crash against me. Your skin becomes virtually unbreakable in the beginning of your next turn. Your resistance increases to a value equal to your level. During this time, if a creature fails a melee attack roll against you using a weapon dealing the same type as your resistance, or if they succeed in an attack against you with a weapon, but your resistance would be enough to reduce the damage to zero, uh, that weapon clangs wildly off your skin with a powerful reverberation, making the enemy attacking enemy off guard and applying a minus two circumstance penalty to attacks with that weapon until the beginning of their next turn. So two rounds. This this uh, class is based completely on disrespect of the enemy. I just I love it so much. All right, who's taking weapon icons? I'll grab weapon icons. Borrower's Edge weapon icon, a melee weapon that deals slashing or piercing damage. This blade rattles in its scabbard. Barrow's Edge, like a oh, Barrow's Edge. Barrow's Edge. Yeah, Barrow's. That makes more sense. Uh, let's see. Eminence, your weapon icon deals one persistent spirit damage per weapon damage dice to creatures it strikes. Transcend, drink of my foes. One action, healing, vitality requirements. Your last action was a successful strike with the Barrow's Edge. Effect, your blade glows as it absorbs your foe's vitality. You regain hit points equal to half the damage dealt. I have to ask, would you rule a critical strike or no? Yeah, I'd let it. Because yeah, I mean, so too. you you're you're pulling an act, you're pulling a action out to do it, and ultimately, uh, yeah, I mean, this character is going to get up there in damage because their static damage mm -hmm. bonuses get really high, really it's, high. But again, yep. you're not hitting that every round because exactly. you're constantly moving your spark, so moving it's so freaking yep. hard. Yeah, yep. it's so yep. hard to say. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. A lot of spark management. Yes, it is all about spark. Faded shot, range weapon. Your missile shines as they fly through the air like falling stars. Eminence, your weapon icon deals one additional spirit damage per weapon damage dice to creatures it strikes. Transcend, rain of seven lights, two action. You fire a projectile into the air with your weapon icon, which becomes a shower in a five-foot burst within 60 feet. Each creature in the area must succeed a basic reflex save against your class DC or take spirit damage equal to your normal strike your normal strike damage with your weapon icon if your weapon icon has the deadly or fatal trait when the creature 
critically fails to save against this effect, roll the spirit damage they would take using the adjusted strike damage those traits would normally apply to your weapon. You can choose before using this ability to give it the non-lethal trait, in which case reduce, reducing a creature to zero hit points merely places them into a dreamless slumber. I'm glad they added dreamless. I would hate to have to worry about if they were dreaming or not. <laughs> <laughs> Gleaming blade, any weapon in a sword or knife group. The sword glitters with such sharpness, it seems to cut the very air in front of it, the faster it can be drawn. Your weapon icon deals two additional spirit damage per weapon damage dice to creatures it strikes. Transcend mere spirit strike. Two actions. Make two strikes with your weapon icon, each using your current multiple attack penalty. Both strikes have the same target, or both strikes must have the same target. If the strikes are made with a weapon that doesn't have the agile trait, the second strike takes a minus two penalty. If both attacks hit, you combine their damage, which is all dealt as spirit damage. You add any precision damage only once. Combine the damage for both strikes and apply resistance and weaknesses only once. This counts as two attacks when calculating your multiple attack penalty. So basically, it's just dual weapon striker. What is that? It's double slice, but you can do it one-handed, which is so crazy. Yeah. One-handed double slice. One-handed double slice. Noble Branch, uh, any weapon in the spear or polearm weapon group or staff, bow staff, fighting stick, or hakara. This simple stick-like weapon has a simplicity and elegance to all its own. Your weapon icon deals two additional spirit damage per weapon damage dice creatures it strikes. Oh, this one is amazing. Transcend, strike, breathe, rend. Requirements, your last action this turn was a set was a successful strike with the Noble Branch. Effect, you channel Pulse of Energy down your weapon at the moment of contact. The target of the required strike takes spirit damage equal to your weapon damage dice. What's up, Sun Wukong? Bright. Like straight, <laughs> straight up Sun Wukong. But yeah, this isn't like, you know, plus two per weapon damage. I was like, if you deal 3d8, it's going to be 3d8. So very, very cool to just one action add that extra bit of damage. Uh, Titan's Breaker, any melee weapon in the club, hammer, or axe group. You wield a weapon whose shatter mountains with ease. Your weapon icon deals two additional spirit damage per weapon damage dice to creatures it strikes. Constructs and objects are not immune to the spirit damage, and the spirit damage automatically bypasses any hardness they have. Transcend so Fractured good. Mountains. So, yeah, oh so my wild. God. <laughs> Two action. Your spirit is so dense it takes on tangible force. Make a melee strike with your weapon icon. This counts as two attacks when calculating your multiple attack penalty. If this strike hits, your additional spirit damage increases to four plus an extra die of weapon damage. If you're at least 10th level, increase this to six spirit damage and two extra dice. And if you're at least 18th level, increase to eight spirit damage and three extra dice. Constructs and objects are not immune to spirit damage dealt by this attack, and this spirit damage automatically bar- bypasses any hardness they have. This is the, one of the craziest abilities. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to oh say my that. God. This is crazy. It's like you, like, you can deal with uh, like any structure in your way. Yeah, I'll just break through that eventually. Wait, what, what's yeah. an adamantine right. golem? What's that? What's that? Well, uh, uh, yep. Don't care. Uh, eventually, at eighteenth <laughs> at eighteenth level, you're dealing thirty two extra damage. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like it's insane. Yeah. This is uh, like this one. Honestly, above all else, is the one that I'm like, oh, jeez. I'm, I'm like, actually a little you, concerned about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this one needs to be toned down significantly. In the sense that, oh. Yes, deal an extra 32 damage on top of everything else you're doing. Oh, by the way, here's an extra three weapon dice. And, oh, you got a critical hit? Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, uh, this ability right here has the easily the capabilities of getting, you know, near 200 points of damage for a critical hit. Yeah. So I, I definitely feel this one is a tiny bit out of control. I think if they cut it, and granted, like obviously we haven't tested, but if they cut the four to two, the six to three, and the eight to four, it might not be as bad, but still like crazy. I, I honestly think that this, there should be a save on this one. I really think that there should at least be like a fort save on this one to, to bypass the hardness. But that's me. Okay. Interesting. Just the, in, the, the instant, yeah, you have no hardness anymore. 
uh, it trivializes so, so much stuff that would yeah. otherwise be a difficult encounter. Mm. Yeah, adding that extra damage and bypassing the hardness again doesn't actually add up because if you were leaving it in, at least it makes way more sense because you're overcoming that hardness. Overcoming so that's it. why you need mm-hmm. this. But you're immediately removing that. So like, uh, yeah, this is just <laughs> a, a bit kind much. of out of control. Yeah. All right, Trevor. So we're in the up. worn icons and there's only only four of these. I think there's four of all of them. We have the Palisade Die. Bangles. These uh, they're worn bracers. These armbands signify rejection and acceptance, rejection of harm and acceptance of your inevitable dominance over your enemies. My God, what a narcissist. I love it. <laughs> Eminence aura. You're surrounded by a 15 foot aura that protects you and all allies within the aura from harm, grabbing up, granting a plus one circumstance bonus to AC. The bonus increases to plus two for anyone in the aura who has a buckler raised or plus three if they have a shield raised. Yeah, yeah give me a sentinel with this and 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 like all my party have shields. Cool. This is great. The transcendence mm-hmm. embrace of destiny. You draw an enemy within the aura into your reach, moving them directly towards you into a square within your melee reach, unless they succeed at a fortitude save against your class DC. Yes, it's only 15 feet, but oh my God, Scorpion, get over here for one action. Thanks. I'll take it. Yeah, it's I awesome. think it's amazing, especially if, if, you know, this is, this is a worn icon, right? So it shifts your imminence into something else what if we shifted your eminence into the noble branch and you have another well you can only do one transcendence no i guess that wouldn't work but still they get two additional spirit damage per weapon die so you bring them in and then you smack them Mm -hmm. it's wonderful back to this is a very much plan your spark class oh oh yeah yeah like the the just the vast amount of options is gonna be crazy and I do want to throw out the eminence in this one. I mean, the the only reason it's done this, you know, it actually is just adding this circumstance bonus to your shield is what it's effectively doing because your shield is a circumstance bonus. So all they're Correct. all they're allowing you to do is double up on it without Correct. saying it stacks. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Skybearer's belt. It's a worn belt. This girdle wraps around your waist, magnifying your strength to the point you feel you could carry the sky itself. I feel like this is going to make a lot of people sad, including me, because it uh, makes house rules that some people have done pretty much against the rules. Uh, Strength flows outwards from you, allowing all allies within 15 feet to carry four more bulk than normal before becoming encumbered and up to a maximum of eight more bulk. You but not your allies can attempt to disarm, grapple, shove, or trip creatures up to two sizes larger than you. Thanks for the free Titan Wrestler. Yep. Transcend bear allies burdens. This one right here. You move with the speed, belying your strength, carrying your allies as easily as straw dolls. You stride at any point you're adjacent to a willing ally. You can pick them up and deposit them into an adjacent square at any other point during your movement. If an ally was benefiting from your imminence aura when you began this movement, they do not count against your bulk limits while being carried during the move. So cool. Yeah, exactly. So this cool. is nuts. Especially if you have a fallen ally. Oh my gosh, yep. this is so, so great. good. So great. The Thousand League Sandals. This one is like a really good spot for me because I really like high movement characters. Uh, worn and trustworthy, your sandals have carried you this far and they'll carry you much further still. Your sandals, the imminence, your sandals ease your travel on the path ahead, granting you and all allies within 15 feet a plus 10 status bonus to your speed status bonus here's your here's your long strider for free exactly <laughs> free long strider free long strider the transcendence your anklets carry you where you need to be which this was a i think probably a misprint it should probably say your sandals carry where you where you need to be you stride and each ally within your aura at the start of your movement can also stride as a reaction so not free per se, because they lose their reaction. But imagine starting combat, getting getting the jump on your initiative, right? Bringing your spark into these Thousand League Sandals, using your first action to transcend Marathon Dash, and all of your party gets to increase their, their uh, 
better their position at initiative. So cool. Mm-hmm. Finally, we got the Victor's Wreath, which is a worn headwear or a worn sash. The symbol of victory, whether a laurel worn around the head or metal that hangs from your neck, reminds you and your allies that victory is the only acceptable outcome. You inspire your allies to greater glory. You and all allies within 15 feet gain a plus one status bonus to attack rolls. It's a status mini bonus, right? Mini-inspire courage. So, yep. so, exactly. It's a mini-inspire courage. Transcend one moment till glory. You rally your allies, carrying them from the brink of disaster to the verge of victory. Each ally in your aura immediately makes a new saving throw with a plus two status bonus against one ongoing negative effect or condition they are currently affected by, even if that effect would not normally allow a new saving throw. Uh, let's let's drop some sickened. Let's drop some some enfeebled. You mm-hmm. know things that are a pain in the butt drained. to get rid of. Drained, drained, right? drained like, is a negative condition. Whoa. I think that that would get rid of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. Are we going to skip the feats again on this one? There's so many. They're all so uh, good. Dude, uh, just just put it put it in the end. There's so much uh, of these classes, dude. There's yeah, so no, exactly. Much. We're again. I think we're actually over. We're about the same length we were. We're getting exactly. close to about yeah, we 50, are. Yeah. fifty minutes. So we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to leave people something to read, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so Christian, bring it home. <laughs> All right, everyone, as we did with the Animists, there is so much to these classes, and the feats do not disappoint for the Exemplar. There are some amazing, fun feats in here. This whole class is just kind of a party. (laughs) There's there's no other way to say it. It has that Maui feel. (laughs) Yeah, this this class is awesome. So again, uh, you can hop on by the Roll for Intent Discord if you are having trouble finding this playtest. We know the Paizo servers often crash when they release these, so we will be able to get that to you guys. But um, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. So as usual, I'm Christian. I'm Trevor. And I'm GM Liam. And as always, you guys have a great week. Bye, y'all. Take it easy.